It's time for the Diamond in the Rough podcast with your hosts, Dan Collins. Hold on, Joe. Hold on. I'm glad you're the one who checks these emails and not me. And Sam Ostrowski. The Blue Jays are still in their run, kind of, even without Edwin and Carson. Oh, my God. In, in car- I, You know what? Diamond in the Rough podcast, episode 11. Dan Collins, Sam Ostrowski here for another installment of your wonderful Minor League Baseball Prospect podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Diamond Podcast. Send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Had a few emails last episode. We sure did. And we did get a couple more in the inbox. However, because of the bulkiness of our rundown here, we're not going to be able to get to them yet. Not on this podcast, please. Soon. Very but soon. Keep sending them. Opening day hasn't even hit yet, so we have many, many of baseball episodes. This season is still just in its beginning stages. Anyways, let me finish it on off. Facebook, Dam in the Rough Podcast. My co-host Sam, he's on Twitter, Ostrowski Sam. I'm on Twitter, Tweet Dan Collins. Sam, time for episode 11. It sure is. What do we got in front of us, huh? I know we got, we're going to bring some segments back. I have a blank exciting. sheet of paper in front of me. Just kidding, just kidding. We are going to bring some segments back. Uh, one of the segments created by Sam, his popular one that, for whatever reason, he loves it so much, but he didn't even name it yet. It's yet to be named. Oh, well, we kind of we're gonna hit it's it. A, we have a stupid name for it that did it work. You know, that's not that's not the official name. We'll we'll give you one once we finally get it, I guess. But we'll get that. That'll be uh, at the end of the episode. But we're also bringing back three up, three down today, which is super exciting. We've taken a couple episodes off. Don't worry, we are gonna do our best to finish the entire league. Uh, obviously, not before the season starts because that's impossible. But we're gonna keep getting to them, which is super exciting. We're in the, we're in the West right now. Just to remind you, Dan in the American League. And I am the National League as far as covering goes. Uh, but before we get to that, I think, uh, damn, before we get to that, what I want to talk to you about is a little basketball. Is that okay? Sure, why not? This is a baseball podcast, but it's March Madness. We all know it. Uh, how's your bracket doing? That's what I want to know. See, it's funny. We said that we were going to talk about this today. You wanted to talk just a little bit of March Madness. Just a little. You wanted to discuss brackets, and I waited right until showtime to share this with you. I didn't do it. You didn't make one. You didn't make one. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Why? Why not? Because I'm lazy. That's why I'm lazy. I don't want to make a broadcast. I don't want to make a broadcast. I don't want to. Okay. Make- Let's, I don't- we don't want to do this broadcast. I'm lazy. No, I love doing this broadcast. I love doing this show. Um, okay, so just to be honest with you, I did do a bracket. Made a couple brackets last year, the year prior. I think this is probably the first time in about five years that I didn't make any sort of bracket, whether that be. For a box of M&M's or a $2 bill, whatever it is, kind of wager. Some of them are just fun. It's strictly for bragging rights. But my reason for it being this year, Sam, and you're going to be very proud of my answer, I'm just so dialed in on this podcast that baseball is the only thing I've been researching and paying attention to the past few months, and I didn't feel locked in enough. Even if I, sure, I could have joined one, could have went on some kind of sporting website or took a bracket out of the newspaper and just did it for myself for fun, put it on my wall, and then watched however uh, it would have went down. But I just felt not locked in enough to the point where I wanted to make a bracket. And sure, even if I didn't wager anything, I still want a little bit of confidence because it makes it fun. I could have just went back and forth, back and forth. But there's zero, to me at least, there's zero fun involved in that. You know, that's fair enough. Actually, I almost didn't make one either. Uh, see, I almost didn't because same thing. I've been you know, we've been locked in on baseball, 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 especially with the World Baseball Classic. As Dan and I, we're watching highlights. Are, right yeah, now. we're yeah. watching some. Highlights Did you feel right like now. your World Baseball Classic 
bracket is no, the question. No, I, did, I didn't do one of those. I wasn't interested in doing a bracket for that. But I did end up doing one about an hour before the game started. I said, oh, why not? I was at work. And, you know, since I don't actually work, apparently, I put together a bracket. And I, for what it's worth, I have Gonzaga winning it. Okay. Uh, which is not a popular decision, I realize. I had it Gonzaga versus UCLA. How do you feel about that? I don't feel it's no. They're both in the Sweet 16. It could happen. Yeah, they beat uh, Northwestern. They knocked out Northwestern. Man, Elaine's that was, team. That was a crazy game. They knocked Elaine's team out of uh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, and Doug Collins' king, team because that's all they show during the damn game, which yes. is ridiculous, okay, especially considering if you don't it's know. It's the Fifty Shades of Doug now. Yeah, You right. see every single shade that his face can make. Pink, magenta, purple, blue. Magenta is impressive. It, it, isn't it an impressive that's color an, for him? It's an impressive color for him. Well, it, it's his son's team. But besides that, that was a super exciting game. I watched that one from start to end, and I was, you know, I'm not a Northwestern fan, but I was rooting them on. I uh, actually <laughs> rooting them on even though I had Zaga as my winner uh, because my bracket is completely busted. Besides me having my two finals still there, besides that, everything else is pretty much just... It's a, it's a mess. Your team, much to your dismay, and Paul DeYoung's dismay, did not make the tourney. Your alma mater did not make the tournament. Don't get me started. Was that a snub? Absolutely. There's no such thing as snub. That was a no. snub. Absolutely. But besides that, okay, I will when say there's 60-plus teams in a tournament, there are zero snubs. I say the same thing about college football. I'm no, telling you. Look. Illinois State was the biggest snub. Everyone agreed with it. Oh, and <laughs> my man, Everyone in this region. My Everybody man, in this Dan Moeller, went off. Did you hear that? No, I didn't because yeah. I didn't care because there's no such thing. I'm not, I'm not looking into any snub type of tweets or articles because there's no such thing as snubs when there's 60-plus teams deep in a tournament. Well, it doesn't matter, okay? okay? They were the snub. I don't care what you say. They were the snub. There's always one or two, but they're, they are in the NIT right now, and uh, they're actually, they're playing tonight. Uh, they already won their first round. They're playing tonight, which is super exciting. They'll probably win that NIT, knock on wood. Uh, but anyways, that's the basketball talk I've got for you today on this podcast. What do we got in baseball, huh? Be- well, actually, before we transition, I want to spend about 20 more seconds on this. Before we transition into 3-up, three 3-down, three which is what we're going to go into next because I know everybody is waiting for it. They want to get back into one of their favorite segments of the show, 3-up, three 3-down. Three Let me give everybody a tip for next year because it's already too late. When you're filling out a bracket... And this can even go for whether it be a baseball bracket, football bracket, basketball bracket, you name it. You can do this for all sports. And filling out any type of bracket in any sort of tournament, the typical way you probably should go about it, Sam, is be safe and do chalk. I know especially in the NCAA tournament, which is why part of the reason you call it March Madness to begin with, is because there's a lot of madness going on. Don't try to pick, don't try to find that lucky lotto ticket. Just go chalk all the way to the end. You'll be safer there. That goes for NCAA tournament. That goes for the World Baseball Classic. Hey, look at it now. Look at the top four teams left in the World Baseball Classic. USA, Japan, Netherlands, Puerto Rico. That's kind of chalkish right there. Israel didn't make it to the Final Four, did they? No, they, they didn't. But there, there's always one or two of those non-chalk, if you want to put it that way. Uh, but you're right. So I don't remember who said it. I was listening to a radio show, and someone said, you know, we, we want to see the Cinderella's at the start, but we want to see the big boys at the end. I don't know about that. Was that. A, that was a great way to put. It. I want to see the Cinderellas throughout, but that was a great way to put it because you don't want to see. You don't want to see Israel in the World Baseball Classic final. No, I absolutely do. That's what I just said. I absolutely do. I want to see them there, but how it usually tends to happen is that way. You know, we'll see the Cinderellas at first, but then uh, the big boys they stick around and they, they come around. Like you know, the one upset this year for for sticking to it, Villanova just got yeah. knocked out, which was a huge upset, and Duke did too. 
Uh, but, you know, guess who's still there? Kentucky is still there. You know, Gonzaga is still there. Sticking with baseball, who do you have winning the World Baseball Classic? There's only four teams, so you have a 25% chance of just automatically getting this question right. I mean, I want to say the United States, of course. That's who I'll be rooting for, but Puerto Rico has been extremely good. They look just about unbeatable. (sighs) You're giving me a face right now. No, I I think you're right. The thing with the World Baseball Classic is you just got to get lucky in one game. If you you could get there, who knows? the, The thing with me is... I don't know how Puerto Rico's pitching in that in the in these final two games is going to match up with the USA's pitching these final two games. USA obviously going against Japan, Puerto Rico going against the Netherlands. But we'll wait and see. We have a game on eight o'clock our time tonight. Eight wow. o'clock Central. Oh, wow, good a good time for us for once. Uh, at least I think that's what it is. I already set my recorder for when I get home, which I'm probably going to be able to watch it live anyways. But it is now time. The fans have been waiting almost 10 minutes now for us to transition into one of our favorite ones, three up, three down. We are back, as promised. Last time, I talked about the Oakland A's. Jeff Samarja's name somehow came up. I don't necessarily remember how. He's come how. up a few times, and that's disappointing. The Shark Tank? Let's not, is let's, it disappointing? Let's not. Well, he's being brought up once again. Let's not bring him up again. I think, I think, I think that makes us a little different. I'm sorry. But anyway, Sam... I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, because... I would love you to go first. Because I'm really... You're doing... You're doing uh, the Colorado Rockies, if I'm not mistaken. That Rocky is, that Mountain is High. Taken. So here's my thing. I'm just going to be completely transparent with this thing. The names I picked, I'm just going to get right to it. That's why we spend so much time in this beginning of the show talking some fun stuff. Because I feel that there's really not too much to go with with my reign. I feel so confident with the men... The gentleman that I picked here in my three up, three down in this Texas Rangers organization. I'm going to kick it off right now here with the obvious prospect. Usually in the obvious prospect, I think you do it wrong. If you look up the top 30, you do a lot of research on them. You remember a lot of the big names. If you go outside top five, probably doing it wrong. I'm going right away. At least this is MLB.com's number one prospect in the Texas Rangers system, Yohander Mendez. And yes, he is a pitcher. As you could uh, find out by the lefty, correct? The lefty, yes, Johander. That is a fantastic, fantastic pitching name, by the way. Pitching for the Round Rock Express. That's phenomenal. I will say this: he did pitch a little bit in the majors last year. He, <laughs> it can only get better for him. Put it that way, because his major league ERA, if I'm not mistaken, yes, it is. I'm checking. I'm double checking it right now, just for the sake of being correct here. In his two games. An ERA of 18. All right, well, two games. That's the legal age to buy tobacco. Yes, yes. I know. Only, <laughs> two games. Only three innings pitched, five hits, uh, six runs all earned on him, whatever. Basically, he's barely got a sniff of Major League Baseball, and he's going to get, if things work out for this young man, a lot, lot more of playing time at that level. Probably won't be considered a prospect within the next season or two because he'll spend so much time in the pros. But if you want to get a little bit more into the minor league numbers, 21-10 and 10 record in the minors, 2.46 ERA. That is not a high ERA whatsoever. It is 2.46. That is more money than I have in my wallet, though. I will say that much. <laughs> in his 77 games, 59 of those starts, 292 and a two-thirds innings, I will say. 280 strikeouts, opponents only batting 216 against him. Yo Hander. Mendez. All right, Dan, before you before you keep moving, I'm going to have a lot of questions for you today about all these guys you've got, okay? Okay, so, good. So, f- first things first. I'll answer them poorly. First things first. When's, when can we see him in the majors then, huh? Sounds like... Definitely sounds this like year. Yeah, this year? To me, it's almost like that 
Lucas Giolito approach. Sniffed, sniffed a little bit of the major league level. I think he'll be around before September baseball hits where you have all those massive call-ups. This is a man who I kind of pointed this out a little bit ago, just about a minute ago, I will say, how I don't think he will be a prospect within the next season or two. Number one prospect for a reason. If he impresses a little more in spring training, who knows what, or during this time of the year, who knows what you could see from him later on. But realistically then, so is he going to be, are we looking at someone who's going to be the next ace for the Texas Rangers? Or are we looking at, you know, a three, a four starting pitcher? You know, that doesn't mean that they're not still a top prospect, but you know what their ceilings are. So I'm just kind of wondering where his ceiling is. That's fair enough. I don't know if there is... I don't know if there's a big enough sample size to be able to to make it to, to to give a fair enough answer by saying, oh, he's definitely the next ace, or you know what, from what we've seen from him, he can only be a three or four starter. I think the ceiling is an ace. Okay, his ceiling that's, is an ace. That's a big ceiling. I, I, that's those are huge standards for the Texas Rangers to live up to for him. So hopefully he does. But I'm gonna let you keep moving. Uh, we're, we're on a time crunch here, but I still have a lot of questions for you, Dan. So That's be fine. ready. Well, it's fine. If you want to ask me any questions about this next name, shoot, go ahead. Feel free. I'm talking about the University of Connecticut, UConn, one of the Huskies' finest. This was my snub that I found. He was a number one. Uh, he was a number one first round draft pick. There we go. I almost called him a number one overall, overall pick. I know where you're going with that this. That is one hundred percent not what he is. He was 49th overall in 2010, third baseman out of UConn, Mike Oltz, who Ugh. recently signed with the Boston Red Sox. He switched his socks. Last team he was with, he spent a he spent some time with both the Chicago clubs. Sam and I are very familiar with him. Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox, signed by the Texas Rangers. Spent most of his time with the San Diego Padres. Mike Alt, Sam, you don't you don't seem to really like that one too much. Is it probably because in his three years as a major leaguer had a whopping two fifty on base percentage and one sixty eight batting average? He was awful. Mike Alt, my goodness. No, I, I remember him very vividly. He was the kind of player who was supposed to hit thirty home runs and drive in a hundred, but well, his last year in the league with the White Sox, he had three home runs and four RBIs. I remember when he was with the Cubs, correct me if I'm wrong, he hit a quick 10 home runs, uh, and everyone was like, wow, Mike Olt is finally living up to the potentials that the Texas Rangers thought he was going to be, but the Rangers got rid of him at just the nick of time because Mike Olt was terrible. Instead of being a home run strikeout guy, he was just a strikeout guy who never got on base. 148 strikeouts and 352 at-bats. That's unbelievable. That's probably not going to get the job done. Sorry. He was a star in UConn, if you want to consider his two years there. He had a 312 batting average, 92 games played, all of which he started. 28 stolen bases and 33 attempts, so he's smart enough around the base paths. 101 ribbies, 21 home runs, and 92 games at UConn. You know, I don't think I have any questions about Mike Holt. I know who he is. I know why he's the bust. You can... You What's wrong with Mike Holt? Are you sure about going. this? I'm surprised. You you mentioned before we even started that you were surprised that the Red Sox signed him. Um, I can't say I'm surprised because those guys are always getting second, third, fourth chances, but you know he's, he's completely done. He probably won't see... MLB soil anytime. So he's just a fill in. He's just a guy you're going to take around on the bus. He's from the New England ish area. He is from the New England area. He's, he's Yeah, he's the guy that doesn't cost you anything. He was that one who had high potential with the Rangers. I'll never forget that. The Rangers had big, big hopes for him. And I remember when he was traded, it was a big deal. 
Um, but you, you, you get him with the, with saying, well, you know, you never know if he's still got it in him, if he could live up to his potential. So why not sign him for nothing? Michael out of Brantford, Connecticut, signing with the Boston Red Sox. Let's wish him well. Let's wish him well. Sure. He might not have why not? sparked your interest too much when he was with the Chicago Cubs. I know those quick dozen home runs he got with them, and then the Cubs got rid of him just in the nick of time. Might have spiked your interest a little bit with them, but... One of those guys who, for whatever reason or not, just that style, that whatever you do in college, kind of like a Jared Mitchell of the Chicago White Sox years ago, you shine and then you ride the bus for a little bit and just can't do it. But anyways, transitioning into a Cuban baseball player, number 29 via MLB.com, number 29 prospect on the Rangers list. I like saying this name. Another fun name here, Yanio Perez. So... If you're looking for any kind of minor league or major league statistics on him, you're not going to get him. Last I checked, Texas Rangers, Sam, pretty decent third baseman on their roster. Yeah, he's okay. They got a pretty good third baseman. He's okay. So here's a guy. If you've listened to enough of these episodes, there's a couple things I like. One, versatility. Love some versatility, especially as a prospect, because if there's any way you could get up to the show in time, if you don't possess any sort of fantastic tool... High, high. If you don't have that highly high above average tool, there it is. Having trouble speaking. Which, by the way, Sam, in case you haven't noticed, I'm going to quickly get into this really quick. Have yet to hiccup. I've had hiccups for about two oh, or three yeah. hours. I already forgot. Prior to this show, well, that's the trick. Now when I have hiccups, just do a podcast and the hiccups will go away. Yeah, you were you were a mess. I was an absolute yeah, mess. An absolute mess. Yanio Perez is not a mess though. At least on the field, he could play third base, first base, second base, right field, left. Heck, you could probably put him in center, too, if you really want to. If he doesn't get to the Rangers in time, I think he, he has a few decent tools. He has a 50-hit tool, 50-power. He's basically all on the line, all five tools, an average type of guy. He's not going to wow you with any one of his tools. Probably going to take him quite some time to get to the major leagues. But when he does, that versatility, if he's still around and he can make it to the club, I think that versatility... Is what ha- he's, he might be one of your, like a Timo Perez type of guy. You remember that that name right there out of Cuba? Might not know him too much. He might be sitting in the minors for a while because Rangers have a pretty good third baseman. Once again, everybody knows exactly who I'm talking about. I'm just trying to make jokes here now. Ha, 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 whatever. But versatility type of guy, Yanio Perez, fun name, out of Cuba. That is my three up, three down for the Texas Rangers. Sounds like a good role player. Yes. You know, the ceiling isn't tremendous, but... He is a role player that can help a team. Maybe not a true... In this case, the Texas Rangers. Maybe not a true diamond in the rough by our definition, because your diamond in the rough is supposed to be maybe your next big star no, that you think, didn't see coming. But I, this could be your next solid baseball player. I may be stretching the rules a little bit here, but I think it's fine. I don't think you are at all. No, I think that's exactly what a lot of diamond in the roughs are, is that player who is a role player who you've never heard of, who comes up and, you know really helps a team in every way he can to the best of his ability. Sometimes they become stars, while other times they become just the role player. And either way, uh, it's not a bad thing for a team. So the Rangers. So you're telling me I'm doing my job right. I think you're doing okay. Okay, and one more one more thing, too. You mentioned uh, you want to know a little bit about more my man, Johander Mendez. Can he be the ace? You look at the one-two punch here, Cole Hamels, you Darvish for the Texas Rangers. You Darvish? The number two guy, I don't know how I necessarily feel about him, how much I, longer he's going to last. Same thing with Cole Hamels, you know, to tell Cole, you the truth. Yeah, Cole Hamels is up there in age. I'll say this about you, Darvish. 
some of his stuff. They were. I just was watching some highlights from him from recent uh, outings. Actually, my God, his stuff is so nasty. It is disgustingly nasty. You Darvish, I still think can definitely be the ace for the Rangers for a while to come. I think so. Well, you know what? Maybe Johander Mendez in about two or three years can battle him for that spot. And sure, if everything goes right with him, he could still work his way into the rotation. But Sam, I've had the mic long enough. You are just dying to tell us about the Colorado Rockies. Oh, you know I am. Those Rockies. They've uh, last time I checked, they have a hell of a farm system. And going through it and having the chance to do the research, wow, they are in good hands in the future. The Rockies are that team that kind of you know you always think they might compete. Uh, especially because a lot of their players have gaudy numbers because we know how it goes at Coors Field. Uh, you're able to hit the ball a little further. And guys like Nolan Arenado don't get as enough, enough credit as they should for being the all-star that he is um, by saying, well, you know, he plays in Colorado where the numbers are inflated. Because you don't play 81 games elsewhere, but I get it. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but anyways, moving forward, the future is extremely bright for them because they already have a great core as it is, and it looks like they're going to build upon it. And I'm going to start with the obvious prospect, as always, Brendan Rodgers. This is just too easy. This is one of those situations where you go, if I didn't say his name, you would have to hit me. You'd have to slap me across the face, Dan, because Brendan Rodgers... Well, then I'm sorry that you mentioned his name, because now I don't get to slap you across the face. Yeah, well, exactly. I avoid being hit. That's always a good thing. Anyways, Brendan Rodgers, shortstop, but you know what? Not the... Not the... Not the soccer coach. Not the. There's a very coach. famous soccer coach. It's the shortstop. Well, okay. I say shortstop, but he's a guy who could kind of move around the infield. It's not his defense that's going to wow you. Uh, his defense is going to get the job done. As of right now, I could. He's s- a power hitter, isn't he? He is absolutely a power hitter. He is a tremendous power hitter. My goodness, and he's going to fare very well at Coors Field. We talk about the gaudy numbers. Uh, Brennan Rogers is the kind of guy who's going to fill in right next to Arenado, hitting 30, 40 home runs a year. With over 100 RBI, I actually do think we talk about ceilings. I think he's up there with just about any of the big prospect names you can think of. Danzu Swanson? Absolutely. I think he's right up there. You know, uh, if we're talking ceilings, obviously Swanson's the better prospect right now. Rodgers is still very young. Uh, he was drafted in 2015, so he's got a little while to go, but you could see him in Colorado probably pretty soon. And here's the thing about him. Go watch some film on him. No. All right, fine, don't. Whatever, Dan. Don't do your job. That's cool. You, t- you asked me earlier if you do your job well. No. Guess I don't. You don't. Okay, but find some film on him. Before you get into that, oh, well, go ahead. I'll let you go. I'll let you, I'll let you do your job first because you're doing it correctly. I think the most impressive thing about him is, well, one, I'll say this. He's a typical power hitter where he's going to pull the ball a lot. Uh, but, boy, that ball goes a long way. So he needs to spread the ball over the field a little more, learn how to hit, as you say, apple taco. Yes. Maybe a little apple taco from Brendan Rodgers would be good. Um, and he needs to be patient because he's going to be pitched around. No one's going to pitch him inside, and there's going to be a lot of outside pitches, and he could draw a lot of walks, which would be great. His on-base percentage will shoot out, you know, be tremendous. So Brendan Rodgers is the guy to look out for. As you mentioned, he is the next cornerstone. I've got him as an all, like, uh, eight-time All-Star. I know that's crazy to say wow. right now. You are really just seven to eight-time All-Star. The, betting the bank on this kid. I am betting the bank on this kid because he is – a natural, as one might say. Okay. So, well, the the Rockies are looking pretty good. I've already said that a couple times, but i got to mention it again. So, I'm going to move forward, though. You know what? who Brendan Rodgers is? Um, oh, honorable, honorable mention, if I can. Riley, no. Riley Pint, the pitcher. Good last name. Yeah, good last name. He was drafted last year. 
Um, he is young. Out of, he's a pitcher out of high school, which always scares me. I can't help it. Anytime a pitcher's drafted out of high school, I get a little nervous, uh, especially when you're that highly talented of a prospect like Riley Pint is. He's a big man. Uh, he's got a lot of time to brew. And as you know, it's very difficult to be a successful pitcher in Colorado. I mean, how many successful pitchers can you name me that came were, that were out of Colorado and played for the Rockies for over a decade? How many? I can't think of one off the top of my head. No, you really can't think of many at all. I might be able to o- find one. Ovaldo Jimenez with that one year? Yeah. With that one All-Star year where he dropped off in the second half of the season? What, do you have 17 wins by the All-Star break? Something like that, and yeah. And he didn't even surpass Seven 20? Seven a Cy Young type of year. And I don't think he even surpassed 20. I don't think he did. Wins, though... Talk to any sabermetric guru and they'll, well, they'll oh, talk to you about some more. I'm right there with you on that, but you know you know what I mean. I do. You, you should be able to surpass 20 after hitting 17. So anyways, it's hard to be a pitcher in Colorado. We know that. And so Riley Pint, he's got the future in front of him, but the Rockies need to take their time with him uh, and teach this guy the right way. And I think they will. But moving into the diamond in the rough, I'm going to go Jose Gomez. He's another shortstop, actually. But I say shortstop, and the reason I picked him is, is because, again, here's something you like a lot. Versatility. Yes. So here's a guy who could play third, short, second, uh, and probably the outfield, too. He's got the speed to cover the outfield. He's, he's a shifty little guy. He's fast, 5'11", 175 pounds. So not a big dude, but he doesn't need to be. And I think, again, I'm going to mention stealing here. We talked about, you mentioned how, well, a diamond in the rough needs, could be the next star. This guy isn't the next star. But he could be a very, very good fill-in starter, off-the-bench kind of guy. That's where I have him. Jose Gomez is that kind of player. He's going to pinch run a lot of times. Uh, he's very fast, stole 23 bases in 66 games. And also last year in rookie level, I'll keep that in mind, batted a 367 with a 426 on base percentage. And how's about this? I'll, I'll do even one better. He's a contact hitter, if you couldn't guess. A 92% contact rate last season, which obviously wow. led the league. Well, apparently what you're telling me then is move over Trevor Story because no. your boys Rodgers that's not, and Gomez are that's, coming that's into town. That's not what I'm telling you. And that's the other thing about Brendan Rodgers that I forgot to mention is that he probably won't stick at short. You know, he might move to second. but Because of de- Trevor Story? But you know, you know the details, those, it, the, it's going to be Lots to be determined to see who will be the better fielder because I think they're pretty neck and neck. Uh, but Jose Gomez, like I said, off the bench, fill-in starter. But that's pretty good for a guy who you signed in 2013, who's only 20 years old, to be able to play that kind of role and perform it very well. So that's someone who, that's my diamond in the rough. That's someone who I expect to really thrive in the Colorado Rockies system and kind of go under the radar maybe his entire career. You know, those are the kind of guys you don't appreciate enough. No, but, I would agree with you on that one. So I really do expect him... Uh, let's see, MLB Pipeline's got him coming, not coming up until about 2020, uh, which realistically, he's only 20 years old. So that, freshly 20 years old, man, his birthday's in December. So I could definitely see it taking that long. Uh, but maybe 2019, maybe give him a, a year of credit. So, but Danny, uh, what's next? Do I need to get into the bust? Unfortunately, you do. Unfortunately, hopefully I remember this name. Uh, you won't. I have no idea who you you're, won't. No idea who you're throwing at me. Kyle Parker. Any, anything? Um, I know a Peter Parker photographer. Peter, he's always journalist, a photojournalist. Right? Yeah. Yes, that guy's cool. He doesn't play baseball though, but he is the best superhero around. Anyways, uh, Kyle Parker. How's about that guy? He was an outfielder out of Clemson, 
first round draft pick in 2010, 26th overall. Finally got a taste at the big leagues last year. Not much uh, in his career. He has only played a little over 60 games. So, you know, it's not there. He still has a chance to prove himself, but I can't help it. He was so bad last season. He, in the in 46 games in 2015, excuse me, not even last season, year before that. Mm, I was going to say, no it's, time to grow, no. just a season, come on. Yeah, 179 average, 223 on base percentage. Right, you look at that, you go, well, he's got plenty of time to grow. Uh, but then I look at his minor league career, and here you go. This is what finally made me say, yeah, that first round draft pick's a bust. Consistent throughout his entire minor league career. Uh, 20-plus home runs, 90-80 RBI, batting a 280 to 300. Sounds awesome, right? Sounds like a guy who's going to come up and I'm play a fan. pretty well. Right. Maybe a potential future all-star. Who knows? But then all of a sudden, after two years in AAA from 2014 to 2015, 2016 comes around after he had his taste, and he drops. Only 44 games played, so obviously he struggled with injuries. But a 191 average did pull together a 327 on base percentage somehow. He drawed quite a few walks for that short period of time. 326 slugging percentage and a 654 OPS. That's not going to cut it after that. After you've got a taste in the majors and then you have that tremendous of a drop, I can't. you can't have that. So... That being said, Kyle Parker, I'm sorry. You just but can't have it. I think he's uh, I think he's beyond his peak, in which this is something I wanted to bring up about this. Here's what's interesting about it, though. 2014-2015, he was thriving in AAA, okay? Batting over a 280, hitting balls all over the place. Had the Hitting <laughs> balls all over the place. Yeah, yeah he was. He, he had some good power. So this is kind of what uh, a question I wanted to throw at you. All right. Did the Rockies take too long? Did they, did they miss his peak? Did they... Have him right where they needed him to be. They had him right where they wanted him, and he was and just they didn't call throwing balls all over the place. Uh, you know, I don't think so. I don't think no, so. No, because... I, I don't know if I buy that theory at all. But here's the other thing. Look, he was in AAA for two years, strong. And then they put him to AA in 2016 after his taste in the major. So then they dropped him a level, too. I know AA, AAA, a lot of people... Tomato, tomato. Yeah, a lot of people will tell you it doesn't matter. But I think in this case it does. After having him there for two seasons, bringing him up to the majors, he doesn't do well, sending him to double-A for a full season. He gets hurt, messes around a little bit, and doesn't do anything even during his opportunity to play. And now we're sitting here, 2017, seven years later, this first-round draft pick, (laughs) he's not doing anything. Might have had a little bit to do with it. I don't know how much blame you could put there, though. There's there's perhaps a percentage. I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe 10, maybe 20, however you want to work the numbers. I don't think a vast a vast amount of it should be put on the Colorado Rockies organization. I don't know if I agree with okay. you there. Okay, I know I'm not saying I was asking. That's okay. why I'm asking. Okay, uh, because you know now he's I believe he's 25 years old. You know, and he's still trying to make it. He's on the wrong side of 20, as I like to say, and he still hasn't quite done it. And he really should have by now. So he's the bust. I'm not saying Parker doesn't have a chance still, but I'm gonna tell you my theory is that he'll be traded be part of some kind of big trade by the trade deadline or something. You know, he'll be a throw-in, say, hey, you can take this first-round pick. He He's shown some potential over the years. Um, let's see what you can do with him, I guess. I'll be on the wrong side of 20 in about 10 days. But anyways, you're looking into this team, the Rockies, just fun. Cargo, fun. Ian Desmond, Nolan Arenado, you already mentioned him, Trevor Story, these guys that, well, not the last name you mentioned, but the first two shortstops. Brendan Rodgers, more specifically. I'm so excited to watch Pretty decent that. future coming up for I, that. I was getting pumped up watching just stupid little batting practices. His 
his swing is so fast. That's a lot of, you know, you'll, you'll hear that a lot about some power hitters like Clint Frazier's first one that comes to mind. Uh, quick swings. Very, very quick swings, which can tend to result in strikeouts or it could end, result into some hell of li- hella line drives. Short, quick swings. Always a nice thing to see in baseball. We have a short, quick segment for you to close out the show. Sam, did it work? What are you going to throw at me today? How's about 2008? Let's go over there. A trade between the Orioles and the Seattle Mariners. Okay, Camden Yards. Right, halfway through the season. What do they get? Uh, who do you want to hear first? I want to hear. The, I want to see what the Orioles got. Who the Orioles got? Okay, well they're the ones who gave up the uh, the veteran, quote unquote. And the Orioles in return got some young names. They got Adam Jones, someone you might know. Yeah, he's pretty okay. Yeah, Chris Tillman and George Sherrill. Okay. So they got three players. They seem, they seem to have won this trade, unless the Mariners just got a whopping amount of... Mm. I don't really remember who they came for. You see where I'm going with this. Veterans? A veteran or two? They maybe needed one, one. They needed one veteran pitcher. His name is Eric Bedard, the lefty. Yeah. Eric Bedard. Wow. <laughs> wow, is right. That is, so the Orioles got one of their best players. Adam Jones. And they got the race currently, who's current a little ace. banged up right now, but he's their guy, Chris Tillman, and George Sherrill. He's a throwaway. He and George up, Sherrill, he ended up playing somewhere else. I think a the bag Dodgers. of chips, basically. Okay, and the Mariners got a left-handed veteran pitcher who did okay with them, basically. I don't, I don't even know if I'd say that he was okay with the Orioles. And I remember that. In fact, in, if I'm not mistaken, I don't really, I don't really recall what he did with the Mariners. I know he was decent with the Orioles, from what I can remember. Oh, how's, was, how's about just this? a solid left-handed arm is what I could recall. He was, but here, how's about this? Definitely like, not worth what Adam Jones and no, Tillman are now. No. He, and the bag of chips that they also I'll, I'll mention something about the bag of chips. Uh, he never made more than 16 starts in a season. This is Eric Bedard, by the way, who the Mariners were just so lucky to get. Um, so he couldn't even complete a full season once he hit Seattle. But how's about this? Their bag of chips, George Sherrill, he had a 51-save run as a Baltimore Oriole closer. Hmm. So he ended up going to be their closer and actually be very successful. I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember that. But so not only... Orioles still win the trade. Yeah, well, duh. Not only did they get two of their best players to this date, they got someone who they got a good year or two out of. Meanwhile, Seattle's in the corner crying with Eric Bedard. (laughs) In the corner weeping away. Weeping away with a lefty who couldn't even start... Over 20 games. Yeah. But even without the bag of chips, yeah, they win the trade regardless. That's what, what I was trying to hint at a little before. Okay. The, the, absolutely. The Orioles gave, saw some prospects, said, you know what, those guys look pretty good, and dumped a good veteran, again, quotes, and Eric Bedard, and, and look where it's gotten them. It's gotten us to the end of this episode. I know that. One more time, mentioned in the beginning, Diamond in the Rough Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Diamond in the Rough Podcast. Twitter, Diamond podcast he is ostrowski sam on twitter i am tweet dan collins on twitter it was a fun episode felt good to get back into those segments did it not it absolutely did we might we'll probably have some more for you the next episode too. get get a little bit more into the flow but we're gonna keep it funky you never know what we're gonna throw at you all right funky like brass monkey we'll catch you next week